Dear baby listener, Goat Games is produced in association with The Network. Find our show and other great podcasts at BICBP-radio.com. Also, Goat Games includes many, many spoilers for every game that we play. If you don't want the game spoiled for you, we recommend playing the game and coming back to listen to the episode afterwards. In the meantime, check out a different episode, maybe, if you feel like it. All right, on to this episode. So how's everyone been? I mean, I can't complain. I just I, I woke up early and watched Hocus Pocus 2 with Ashley. Oh, I've only seen Hocus. I've only seen one. Is it? Is the Hocus Pocus a trilogy? Is it? No, no, no I don't know how many Hocus. Hocus. They just came out with it yesterday. Oh, oh wow! Dang! After twenty nine um, years, a beloved children's film uh, finally got a sequel direct to Disney Plus. So it went about finally. as well as you think it would go. <laughs> oh yeah, it was well, better than yeah. I like. It was better than I thought it would be, but it, it, it wasn't great. Great. I feel like that's how the like Disney stuff is. It's like so designed by committee. Like it's going to be fine, but that's like it. It's going to be fine. It was inoffensive. Yeah. The people have been demanding a live action Hocus Pocus remake. I'm glad they finally did it. (laughs) Live action. The first live action Hocus Pocus. The other one was amazing digital. Amazing animation. We, Uh we We could do an episode just on the original Hocus Pocus. The greatest game of all time. Yes. Um, <laughs> produced. <laughs> the true uh, Produced goat. by Neil Druckmann. Can we talk about how weird that fucking kid's name is? What was it? It, it always throws me off because I think they're saying it wrong. Uh, the I main, don't remember. Ah, uh, fuck. What's his, what's his name? The, the dude who turns into the cat in the beginning. Oh, Thackeray Banks. Thackeray. Thackeray. Thackeray? With- <laughs> yeah, it's like my, it's, it's like my, it's, it's like Zachary at Thackeray Games, but with a T. It's Thackeray, of- like T-H. It still fucking trips me out, dude. How is that a thing? Also, if there are Thackerays out there, because I think it is a name, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I apologize. I'm sorry to the Thackeray community. That's like half our li- our listenership. I, I looked it up. It's a very Thackeray specific. It's about to rise up. Yeah, they, they misheard Zach's name and they thought it was Thack, so they that's the only reason they listened. They're like, oh, finally, a Thack that starts a podcast. <laughs> Oh, we, yeah. we pull well. We're doing well with demos of uh, sixteen to thirty-five and people named Thackeray. Yep. <laughs> that is our, yeah, Thackeray. I mean, that's such a cruel. Okay, um, Uh-oh. it's so. I don't know what possesses. We're going okay, into this dangerous is, territory here. <laughs> we, we actually are. I was going to say, are, would people are we name their the, kids? This is where we're going what? with it, aren't we? We're going with the unique spellings of classical names. Thing. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I guess we don't have to do that bit. Uh, but cause, it is weird, though, right? Is that just the yeah. American in me that's like, what the fuck's a Thackeray? Like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> that ain't <laughs> no name. Yeah, it's probably a beloved name in some other culture. And we're it, sound it like assholes. does also sound like a sound effect that you'd see in like an old comic book. Like someone would hit someone. <laughs> like a the bad man. <laughs> or like a pokemon Uh, move or something (laughs) so so basically i looked it up just for fun and it's more commonly used as a last name bullshit bullshit (laughs) 
Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, how many Thackeries do you know besides the Halloween movie we're talking about? <laughs> like, you know how, like, like the last name Miller would, like, indicate that you ran, like, a grain mill? Or, like, right. Smith was, like, you were a Smith so of some kind. what do? Uh, a thatching for roofs. Oh, okay. Thatchery. Well, I've heard Thatcher, Thackery. as in Margaret, God rest her soul, the yeah. Iron Lady. But it's, like, <laughs> it's like an older, it's like an older, more period appropriate for Hocus Pocus version of that from the oh, from the seventeenth century. Right, ye old Thacker is kind of the <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I feel so wise. Learned so. <laughs> So but uh, ba- babynames.com also says a streamlined version of the classical British Thackeray. No wonder it's more no. common version. Or wait, no wonder this is a more common variation in the U.S. Thackeray makes a preppier, more unusual alternative. Totally. To Zachary. Is there people out there reviewing baby names? Is that what? The, is yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. I wonder. Now I just have to know, like, what's the worst baby name ever? <laughs> the worst reviewed name. God, there's going to be some competition for yeah, that. Yeah, no, so that's the, new, that's the new direction of the pod, everybody. We are now a baby name review podcast. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want all the hottest, newest baby name drops. <laughs> I do feel like baby name review could be a, a good like, couch bit. Every episode, we take a big shit on someone's crappy baby name. It's going to be called Goat Names. <laughs> goat Names, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. From, from 2014. The most hated baby names of 2014. Jaden, Braden, Aiden, Caden, Hayden, Bentley, Tristan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's pulling this? Where's that the... It's like a millennial old woman who lived in a shoe. <laughs> it's like a, like a millennial nursery. It's like the millennial Brady Bunch. Yeah. Oh my god. What the? F- I'm, um, I'm beside myself. According to the according to the UK, the most hated baby name is Olivia, spelled oh. spelled A A. L I You lost me at A A. <laughs> yeah, you could have just stopped there. Then there's Maverick spelled M H A R V R Y. Like it's like these are so obtuse ways to spell. I can't do Maverick. it. I feel like this sounds like a Skyrim name or something. These are just like parents fucking with kindergarten teachers who have to like right? read roll. Yeah, and then like it says really like the, putting them through the ringer. And then there's an honorable mention for Alexa and Siri. Oh yeah, but right, right, right. Less oh, about yeah, the that... names and more about you know, like that's a horrible thing to do to a right. kid in the 21st century. Yeah, it's kind of weird, like that. That yeah, Google's basically Google. I'm not Google. Sorry, Amazon and Apple have basically just put a moratorium on those names. Uh, you'll never meet another Alexa born after the year what, like 20. 20- Unless they're owned by Amazon. Right. And if you do, you do know they're actively in the process of getting sued by Jeffrey. So he's coming for you. Jeffrey just materializes in the birthing suite, just like, Like (laughs) the baby's house. If you rub my bald head, you may Uh, name your child Alexa. (laughs) Yeah, please. Um, I'll offer you $15 million cash for your baby Alexa. (laughs) 
Heyo, it's Figio, and welcome to Go Games, where we only play the best games. I'm your host, Alan Newton, and here on Go Games, we take a look at the video games that are considered the greatest of all time and talk about them. Are they great? What makes them great? Or are they just overrated? Let's find out. That's really high. Um, <laughs> we like to have streamers and content creators on the show whenever we can, so you can watch the hosts play the games we talk about in real time. You can find me at twitch.tv backslash figgy underscore O. That's twitch.tv figgy O. And I'm joined today by fucking A. You did this last time. Uh, Q. Q. Oh, what's up, y'all? I'm your co-host Q. <laughs> you can call me Rap Parade. Um, I'm joined here today with my other fellow co-host, Steve oh, Cheese. Wasn't ready for that. What the- I think we skipped Rob again. <laughs> Do not again. discuss this, Rat. <laughs> we'll get to me when we get to I'm, me. I'm going freeform, baby. Let me go before Rob because he's going to come up with like a used car salesman pitch again. And uh, <laughs> I'll do all of us. So I, I want to get my, my piece in before uh, <laughs> before I get outshined here. Uh, yeah, but yeah, my name's Steve for Cheese. Uh, you can find me at Steve for Cheese or twitch.tv slash Steve for Cheese. Uh, if you like video games, and if you don't, then I don't know why you're here. So <laughs> beautiful. I mean, I'm just a really big fan of cheese. That's why. I'm yeah, here. yeah, that's true. That's true. There's not nearly <laughs> enough cheese. Yeah, you that's need to do that's, cheese that's gonna be the spinoff podcast, Goat Cheese. <laughs> you know, oh it's, my it's, it's funny that you say that. Um, that's funny that you say that, Steve. Because I thought, you know. We had our thing going about sports. What if we did our own weekly sports review called the Goat Cheese Podcast? Because you're oh. cheese. You know, I don't know how I tie into it, but you know, I was like, man, Goat Cheese. We could talk about sports. Yeah, we got to um, incorporate you somehow because I'm not doing a solo. <laughs> yeah, attacking Goat Cheese with I don't know. We'll we'll workshop it. Um, okay, well, uh, the handoff is the baton's been back to me. Um, and next up, we have. Uh, S-T-Q-R-S-T-U. Yes, okay, I did it right this time. Super Captain Robert. Rob. Super Captain Rob. Hi. Yeah, I'm a Super Captain Rob. I'm a variety streamer and accidental just chatter on Twitch. I'm also a man who is actively working on a sexy Patrick Star cosplay. So if you want to see that, oh come by my stream sometime <laughs> in November. I don't know for certain. It'll be on a Saturday, though. Uh, you wow. can catch me at twitch.tv slash supercaptainrob. I'm also at Twitter under supercaptainrob. And if you want to come by and hang out, I'd love to see you. Wow. See, this is why I had to go before him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach, tough act to follow. That's all right. Um, next up, we have Zach. Of Zach Attacks Games. I'm, I guess I'm doing your screen names. I don't know how we do this. I don't you, care. I, just, I go by Zach everywhere. It's fine. <laughs> Talk, tell you, plug your shit, Zach. I just did. I said I go by Zach uh, everywhere. Just look up Zach. You'll find me. Nah, such a hard act to follow. So hey, why I'm even Zach. try? Fuck off. Much. <laughs> I am the Zach. I am all Zach. I am. I am, I am a unit. Uh, a collective. Yeah, I am the Zach hive mind. <laughs> but uh, no, um, Zach. Uh, you can find me on Twitch TV. Slash Zach Attacks Games. That's Zach with an H Z A C H. Uh, and for once, I can actually say on the podcast, I am streaming. Hey. Yes, hey. he's back. Let's go. Hell the yeah. prodigal son has returned. The people yeah, demand. Zach Attacks is back. We're happy. By, pe- by popular demand, I have returned to streaming. Uh, you could have watched in the previous week me stream the game we're going to talk about today.
do we want to talk about like stuff we've been playing? Do we want to talk about gaming news at all? Do we want to like, steer the podcast in that direction, or should we just hit record and basically start talking? Or should we just start talking about like? I mean, Mario. The only gaming news I can think of that we might want to mention because by the time this episode comes out, um, our God of War episode will probably be out. Right. Is that mm-hmm. Sony? Sony is going to lift the NDA on God of War one week before the game comes out. Which is such a power move. Which like, basic, clearly... basically means Sony knows everybody's giving it a 10 out of 10. Like, they have no yeah. doubt whatsoever that this game is going to, like, really challenge Elden Ring for Game of the Year. Well, it means that Sony heard our episode, is what happened. <laughs> True. <So they> <laughs> <knew> <laughs> that they... <laughs> Miyamoto must have forwarded it to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn, that's like some big bald mo- balls move. Like, yeah, it yeah, is. No, they, typically, that is huge confidence in a game for them to be like, all right, you know what? Fine. Speak your fucking mind. We don't give a shit. We well, know like, we're yeah. top. You, you can kind of tell how a publisher slash developer feels about a game based off of its like uh, embargo. Um, yeah. Basically, like if they have no faith in a game, the embargo will lift at midnight the day the game comes out. Is is lifting it a week early completely unprecedented? Like no, is that no, it's not. Territory? It's, it's okay. not unprecedented. Um, but Sony does it a lot more than anybody else. Um, you know, off the top of my head, like uh, the Last of Us two, the um, uh, the embargo was lifted a week early. The Last of Us one, it was lifted a week early. Oh god, gotcha. um, okay. it's just kind of like are... the power move. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if Halo five. Uh, I think it might have had it lifted early too. Um, but I mean, obviously I don't really keep track of these. It's just kind of like off the cuff. Um, oh yeah. It looks like, yeah. Halo five lift lifted the embargo early, but that was a direct response to, wow. That, um, that was bold considering Halo four. Well, no, it was, a, it was a direct response to, um, <laughs> industry insiders breaking it. So they just said, well, do whatever you want. So it wasn't their oh, choice. Yeah. They're just like, well, that's the cat's out of the bag. Go for it. Yeah. Do you really think us. God of War is going to beat? like elden ring out though do i do i think god of war is gonna beat elden ring for game of the year no but i think it's no i I don't think so either it's gonna go out with like it's gonna go down swinging though it's gonna win a shitload of game of the year awards but i think like when it comes to the marquee game of the year awards like god of war's cool like it's a tentpole franchise i I can't see it with the replayability I mean, maybe I'll be wrong, but that's where Elden Ring shines. It's like well, yeah. Elden Ring. Elden Ring was a cultural phenomenon. That's what I was going to say. It, yeah. it, it's a cultural moment. Like, like it's in like there the is an Elden Ring show in the works. Yeah, I, it, it, and, and Elden Ring just also like completely like rocked the boat in terms of like the status quo with like open world games. I, I don't see. I mean, I don't know. I mean, who, who fucking knows? That? I mean, God of War may come out swinging with something brand new we've never seen before, but. Yeah, I just don't see them doing something so new and different the way Elden Ring has. Um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it'd be great. It'd be great if it was so good that we have two amazing games that like could equally both be like sea change games. Well, like I kind of said on the God of War review, I kind of just expect like the second one to just be the second half of the first game. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, they've they've definitely laid, which the, is good. Sorry, go That's fine. You know, but I just I just can't picture getting the game of the year. I mean, they could yeah. like really up the spectacle of it. it you yeah. know, there are things like even if it's the second half that you could like really make that second half slap. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I think I also like Elden Ring is absolutely where my money would be for game of the year too. Well, hey, yeah, and don't forget we've got 
Modern Warfare 2 coming out. Ooh, Warzone yeah. Gamers. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Gotta take the cake. 10 out of 10s across the board, baby. I, I can't tell who's being sarcastic and who's being serious. <laughs> who, who, who's being serious? Yeah. Show out yourselves. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I, I, I am very excited about it, but it's Call of Duty. I'm not going to. Yeah. No, their, yeah, yeah. Their so, fucking like, rating systems, dog shit for how people. I, I hope everyone realizes games. if this podcast continues, um, and none of us like pass away. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Should we be no, watching we, our backs? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, Either I that or placing and, bets. Who's gonna croak first? <laughs> yeah, Deadpool. I'm gonna start a um, uh, podcast taunting. Everyone puts some money in, and last one yeah. alive gets it. A Deadpool, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but we will have to cover a uh, Call of Duty. It's inevitable. But there are good Call of Duties. They just came out 20 years ago. Oh, Black Ops 2, hands down. No, there's a couple that are amazing. Um, yeah. Just out of the pool of like 20 of them, most are dog shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I had fun with Modern Warfare 2, but I'm so bad at online. I'm just not very skilled at first-person shooters, so like I didn't use them for their intended purpose, which is to play online multiplayer. The, la- uh, the, the last one I enjoyed, I think, was Call of Duty 2 Big Red 1. Oh, PS2 game. What, what the is? fuck? Is that a crossover with Big Red Gum? Is that like a, <laughs> I know, that was PS2, wasn't it? No, it, it was, yeah, it was like, but it was like an attempt to like tell a story similar similar to like Band of Brothers. Which is oh. the one that like basic that I've heard like lifts kind of the, the story from Apocalypse Now? Because I've heard that one's really good. What? what? You guys are saying things that I've never, you guys are making there, I've never played the campaign. I think I played one campaign from a Call of Duty. Let's see if I, can um, I played the no Russian one. I played the, the Modern Warfare 2. Is that the one That's where he's like I brainwashed? Played. I think that's Black Ops. Uh, yeah, it says, um, is the, like, I just looked it up real quick and it's like, is the Apocalypse map a reference to Apocalypse Now for Call of Duty? Yeah, Black Ops 2. That I think oh. is it, yeah. Huh. I've heard that one's really good because it has like an actual good story. Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now is uh, um, in the game. And I don't know. Like, let me look something up because I read both. The Black the Ops book. 1 story was really good. Did Marlon Brando, is he in it? No. Did they get the, did they get the Brando in there? It doesn't look like it, but I just I have to look because um, I always get the book and the movie confused because yeah, it says his name is a reference to Joseph Comrade's novella Heart of Darkness and his rank to Marlon Brando's character in the film Apocalypse Now, which is loose, loosely based on the aforementioned novella. So, yeah, apparently like that shit's canon. Wow. Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now happened in the COD uh, cinematic universe. <laughs> the um, there are Nazi zombies in, in Apocalypse Now <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> so today we're talking about Super Mario World. Um, we, it's a big you've heard what you know what it is so um zach has prepared a statement uh an elevator pitch taking talking about the game's history and why he thinks it may or may not be a goat take it away zachary released in japan in november 1990 
and nearly one year later in the United States in August of 1991, it is hard to describe Super Mario World as anything less than a quintessential 90s kid experience. Though their experience may only be lunch table banter over Sonic vs. Mario, the impact Super Mario World had on gaming as a whole is hard to top. With over 20 million copies sold, Super Mario World is the number one selling title on Nintendo's 16-bit behemoth, the Super Nintendo, or Super Famicom for some of our friends overseas. Featuring delightful sprite work and a color palette the gamers had not seen up to that point, Super Mario World rocketed to the top of both sales charts and critical reception. Stepping in the director's chair for Super Mario World was long-time Nintendo director Takashi Tezuka. Tezuka had been involved with Mario from the beginning and was coming off major successes with The Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Bros. 3. Industry legend Shigeru Miyamoto served as producer, but his DNA can be felt all throughout the title. While the soundtrack is not as memorable as legendary composer Koji Kondo's other works, it cannot be denied how the advanced audio features present in the Super Nintendo took sound effects to a new level. Yes, that pun was intended. Widely, ah. reg- <laughs> widely regarded not only as one of the best games on the Super Nintendo, Super Mario World is also regarded as the best 2D Mario game, and most importantly, for our purposes, one of the greatest games of all time. But does Super Mario World stand the test of time? Is this game propped up by nostalgia? Is it only remembered so fondly because it was the first gaming experience many of us had as children? Or is Super Mario World still a juggernaut 30 plus years later? I ask you, dear baby listeners, to sit back with my friends and I as we share our experiences with Nintendo's first foray into the 16-bit era. Is Super Mario World a goat worthy of the praise in today's day and age? Or is it a moat, a game from a bygone era best left in the past? Beautiful. Wow. Thank you, Zach. I think, so, clearly, um, the writing in this in this podcast is just <laughs> top-notch. I'm, I'm just going to, no. But, the, uh, but I think that was probably the best narrated one. Uh, I mean, no offense, Rob. Yours was great. Mine was a train wreck. Um, no, we keep but, pumping them up. They're better every time. I, Okay, this game is like basically synonymous with gaming as a whole. So, like, I don't know what. Any, meeny, miny, Steve, tell me about your history with this game, which is basically just saying, like, tell me about when you started playing video games. For, I think for a lot of us, maybe not. Maybe it's, I, I think someone's first time actually. Um, I think it's a couple Steve, of you... our first yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've always, I, I, I was a Sega Genesis kid. Back in the day, so I, oh. I had. Uh, oh, I know I'm one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up more with the Sonic games, Sonic One, Two, and Three, um, mostly Two and Three. Um, so I, I didn't really play a Mario game until the N64 because I got an N64. Uh, so my like, you know, I played. I played at my friend's house, but my first Mario game I owned was. Mario 64 in in the uh in the 3D. Um so I kind of skipped the whole 2D era for the most part. I had the original Mario on the Game Boy Color, I believe it is, Super Mario Deluxe, um which I feel like a lot of people had. Um so that was kind of my first 2D game, but I never really touched uh 
Mario 2, Mario 3, or Super Mario World until way later on. Uh, I think my first experience with Super Mario World that I remember was me buying it on, like, the Wii Virtual Console. Oh, wow. Uh, console, yeah. Um, so, like, it's... And, and, like, I beat it then, but I beat it through, like, warps and, like, cheating and stuff like that. Um, so I just recently streamed it on the Super Nintendo because I eventually went back and I bought a Super Nintendo because I'm an adult now. And that's what you do when you're an adult. You do things you yeah. want. So I wanted a Super Nintendo and I wanted it. When you're uh, an adult, when you're an adult, you buy the childhood you never had. Exactly. True. Exactly. Yeah. So I I bought a Super Nintendo and I bought a copy of Super Mario World um, years ago. And I never got around to playing it until now when uh, we decided to play this game. Uh, so I was able to play it, and I uh, I went through the game the right way. I hundred percented it. Oh, you fucking! <laughs> I ninety. I got all ninety six secret exits, this now, huh? and I didn't use one save state. Fucking asshole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of my experience with it. So I, I was kind of late to the game in a way. Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll get. It. I'm this whole pot. This, the rest of this episode is just gonna be like, figure you safe states. People that don't know, we all played the game the legitimate way, whether it was on original hardware or on the Switch or whatever, or okay. emulated. But we didn't use safe states. Figgy emulated the game, and when he died, he would reload the save right before where he died. Okay, Nintendo, I I didn't fucking hack it. Nintendo put the save states in the modern iterations. Yeah, you know why they did that? For the wussy baby kitty whiners that couldn't play the game like a man. They did it so people could have fun! They did it so people would have fun with the game, and I hate it! wait. Save state is not an emulator thing. That was a legitimate thing Nintendo put in. No, it is an emulator thing. No, 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 it's no, no. It's no. from the Switch okay. emulator. Uh-huh. So the Switch emulates SNES games, but the Switch emulator for SNES games has a save state and rewind function baked into it. So any yeah. SNES, SNES or NES classic. Yeah. So like any game that you play on that, you can save state or you can rewind in order to make it easier. Which makes sense because some of those old games are hard as shit, and like yeah, and because some of us have lives, okay. <laughs> some of us, <laughs> you know, all, some some of us all four of us did it. All four some of us, us are just good at games. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we all have the world needs farmers too, okay. Like we can't all be <laughs> god tier gamers, okay. <laughs> I just kept having these flashbacks to. Um, to last episode when you said you were always going to play on on the intended settings. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. He's got you. I feel like we got to play medium difficulty man. because <laughs> my, 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 how we forget history. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like as far as difficulty sliders go, this is intended. <laughs> this is intended. It's in the official Nintendo software. Yeah, basically, okay, it's easy it. mode. Rob, talk it's about your mode. experience with the fucking game. <laughs> so my experience is actually a lot like Steve's. Now, I never had a, a Genesis, but... I had a Game Boy Color and then a Nintendo 64. So Super Mario 64 was like the first game I ever got for the Nintendo 64. And I loved that game. And then I also, when Steve was talking about Super Mario Deluxe, it brought like flashbacks of that like clear cartridge back to me because I had that too (laughs) and tried to play it and like could never beat it. It was too hard for me as a kid. 
Um, and yeah, I I never had played Super Mario. You know, I'd played like a level or two here or there, but I'd never like actually played it. So this was my first time playing it. I haven't beaten all of the exits yet, but I have beaten the game. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was really cool to get to experience. Nice. Okay, um, Zach, you 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 go. Sure. Um, so, I'm pissed. as, <laughs> as the um, as the resident old man, my journey to Super Mario World started out on the original Nintendo, uh, where you know the very first game I recall playing was Super Mario Brothers uh, on the original Nintendo. However, uh, my parents took a heel turn when it came time for a new console. And while I begged and pleaded for the Super Nintendo, I got a Sega Genesis. And I got a, I oh, believe, weird. I believe it was the, the Genesis 2 was the revision I got. Yeah, that's the, what I got. Um, and it came with Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. And, like, I remember liking it. Like, uh, it, that wasn't my favorite game. I, I have a, um, like, I just, I hold a candle to the Jurassic Park game. For Sega Genesis, which it's not Ooh, good. Oh yes, it's not great. Oh, but I love that I mean, game. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> but no, like because like I had played, so I always had access to a Super Nintendo via friends. Like everybody had a Super Nintendo, but me. So I was like the one kid that was like, "Yeah, I don't get to play the cool shit. I gotta play Sega." But um, I mean, I had fun with it because you know it worked out to where like we would alternate who's staying at whose house on the weekend. You know, so like we would go and we, I could provide Sega, they could provide uh, Super Nintendo. Um, but anyway, enough about that. Um, Wait, event- be honest. Did your parents get you a new system, one that you weren't familiar with and didn't want? Because there was a game that they actually wanted to play from Sega. Oh hell no, no, no! Um, okay, son, son, we are an Echo the Dolphin household. <laughs> oh my god, I love Echo the Dolphin. That game so fucking good. Um, no, um, I want to say that it would have been like Christmas ninety three or four when I got it, and I want to say the entire reason I got it was because I believe the Genesis was on sale for a hundred dollars. Ah, uh, that'll do it. Whereas the Super Nintendo was two hundred dollars at that time, yeah, 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 makes sense. I might be flubbing the I might be flubbing the dates because I mean I was six or seven, and uh, isn't it crazy now? Side side story, but isn't it crazy now how it's just like we're older and it's just like, dude, why did we have one or the other? Why not just have both? <laughs> <laughs> well, super easy. I mean, no, I know why. Because if my kid was like screaming for a new console, I wouldn't buy him all of them. Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, I really that expensive no, we, back then? They were, yeah, yeah they were. Wow. Yeah, Dude, when you look are... at like inflation, the cost of game game consoles and games in the past is fucking insane. Damn. Like, yeah, when you look back at some of the old like Atari games and stuff, when you account for inflation, they were like multiple hundreds of dollars for one cartridge. Here, just, yeah, crazy. Just, just for reference, this is without inflation. This is a Toys R Us ad from 1996, the year that the super, or the year that the Nintendo 64 came out. Uh, it was one hundred and twenty nine ninety nine for a Super Nintendo. Whoa! It was. I mean, I guess it was fifty nine dollars and ninety nine cents for a copy of Madden ninety seven. That's the crazy part. Is the games are the same price now? Yeah, like that's so. Yeah, like when people like like, because you know a lot of people were complaining about the Last of Us remake being seventy dollars. It's like you know, like. 
When yeah. you adjust for inflation, like Nintendo games were like $140. Here's where it gets wild. NBA hang time. I'm sure all of us have played NBA hang time. No, I just mean, Steve. I remember NBA jam. I don't think I ever, I don't play sports games uh, so, Except, unless they're gimmicky, like NBA jam. So NBA, NBA hang time was like, like the serious version of NBA jam. Like if you played basketball games, like it was like the simulator version. It was $70 okay. in 1996. Dear God. And with a, but with um, a, with a coupon, with a coupon, you could, you could have gotten Donkey Kong movies? Country 2 or Yoshi's oh. Island for $53. Oh, shit. Okay. That's actually, oh, fuck. That's still expensive. I would, yeah. I would pay, I would pay $53 today for a copy of Yoshi's Island complete in box sealed. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, heads I'm sure up, that's like straight up. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, Money sucks. Um, except <laughs> unless it's working in my favor, then it's great. Um, okay, who have we? Uh, I think we're Rob? just you. Just, just no rat. Well, yeah, I can go. Oh first. yeah, rat. But, oh wait, wait, wait. But anyway, back back on track. So I played super. I played uh, Super Mario World a lot at friends' houses, or um, when I had my tonsils taken out. The hospital had a Super Nintendo, and I got to. That's where I really put the meat into the game. Was when Ooh, I had to nice. stay in had to stay in the hospital for a few days and that's all i did was play super mario World. and that was the beginning of your munchausen syndrome pretty <laughs> much started faking injuries to start being in the hospital more often um nice cool well um yeah I, I, my hospital didn't have video games I, i've seen that in pediatric wards at today actually um but um okay uh, I'm a nurse, by the way, at IRL, in case this doesn't get edited. And you're like, why is Vicky hanging out in PDF? <laughs> I, I'm a nurse. Loitering. <laughs> I'm, a nurse. I'm a nurse in real life. So, like, Just I've a chill place to hang. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> Market research for the pod. No, uh, um, okay. Uh, and then Rat, uh, tell us about your experience with Super Mario World. Uh, Super Mario World. I actually did not realize how much that I played that game, this game as a kid until I replayed it a couple weeks ago. And then all of the memories started flooding back to me. Um, you know, growing up, I, I know we had a Super Nintendo. We may have had um, just an a, a NES as well. And I couldn't remember which Mario. It was this one, or I thought it was Super Mario Bros. that I remember playing a lot. But I think I played Super Mario World a lot more growing up because just as soon as I booted this game up, it was like a, a tidal wave of memories and emotions and all the sounds and everything coming back. So I was like, Oh my God, I remember this. And I wouldn't remember each level until I got to it. And then it all came back to oh, me. Yeah. So I think, I think super Mario world is probably what I grew up playing. And then, uh, some, you know, uh, Super Mario Bros. splashed in between, but I remember these graphics the most vividly. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of this. Um, I don't remember particularly being like hardcore about it or amazing at it. I just remember always playing, like just sitting on our carpeted floor in front of the TV playing Mario. Um, not a lot of distinct memories on it. And then the Super Nintendo came out, uh, or the um, N64. And we bought our N64, and I think it came with Super Mario 64. And then that's where most of my memories rest with playing that one. And then um, sprinkled throughout the decades, uh, if anybody had uh, a uh, Super Nintendo, 
uh, with Super Mario World. I would kind of play intermittently and play like half a level and just die a lot. So I never really dove back into the game because it's really fucking hard. It um, is. Yeah. It's pretty darn hard. So, I mean, that's, you know, the fairly vague memories, <laughs> but I know it was a staple in my home growing up. Um, just just murky memories of always sitting down on the ground playing it in the living room. Yeah, and actually that dovetails nicely with my uh, history of it. So my siblings had a original NES. Um, and because uh, so, yeah, I'm the youngest by like 10 years. Um, so like they truly came up with like, you know, gaming as it you know became a modern like a staple in households. And so that we had an NES. I remember I have memories of an NES in our first home. And I have memories of playing Mario, the original, and watching my siblings play it as well. Um, but it always kind of felt like their game and their system. And then when I was, like, yeah, probably four, five, six, way too, a spoiled child, um, my parents got me a Super Nintendo. And it was, uh, then the Super Nintendo was like, you know, this one is mine. You know, this is my, I mean, not like my siblings didn't play it or whatever. Uh, they were leaving for college around that time. My sister was at least, I mean, now that they didn't play it, I wasn't like a brat, like, Ow! but, um, but you know, but it was like, you know, it was like my Christmas present or whatever. And so this Mario was, I, I again, kind of similar to rat. I don't, I don't have specific memories of, you know, like, Oh, you know, my father whittled this Mario out of, for me, bare hands and gave it to me and said, you know, keep this close to your heart. I don't have like, a, like an amazing memory, but, this is like my Mario experience growing up. Like this was my, um, which you would think I'd be better at it if that were the case. But like this, when I think of when I when like when I think of like two D Mario, this is what pops in my head. It's just like a wash of memories of playing this, playing it at friends' house. Um, our NES was lost to time. I don't know what happened to our original NES because by the time like I'm I was forming like more concrete memories and like had like a uh, this system and also I got an N sixty four later. There was no NES in our household anymore. I don't know if it got wiped out in a horrible accident. I don't know if my parents pawned it. I don't know what happened to it. But um, so my experience with the original Mario uh, was limited. And I, I went to a friend's house and he had an NES. And that was my experience with Mario 3. And I don't know if it's nostalgia, um, but this is my. I feel like this game is. The strong, I, I don't know. This always felt like the strongest Mario, 2D Mario of that era, of the NES slash SNES era, um, which we can talk about in a little bit. But yeah, this I, I was, think as we discuss it, we're going to dig up that exact sentiment and why yeah. it works. Yeah, I think so too, personally. And some people not, though. Some people, like, there's a large group of people whose favorite Mario is actually Super Mario 3, um, which I can, uh, you know, yeah, so we can get into that. So yeah, that's our experience with the game. Um, let's see. So let's actually talk about. I, I'll, I'll springboard into uh, the discussion of the actual specifics of the game, um, and I'm going to start with visuals. I think um, because that is what I think this game nails more. And, and, and so obviously, hold on. Let me go down to my little my little uh, notes. Um, to me, that is the thing that makes this game stand out as far as a 2D Mario. Um, I don't, and I'm, I'm not like technically knowledgeable enough to really know what it is. Obviously, they had more powerful hardware, so it's they're kind of the other games are kind of fighting with their hand tied behind their back. Um, but I, to me, it's the color palette. Like this game just like feels 
so bright, like all these like massive primary colors. It just it, it feels like the most whimsical of the original 2D Mario's to me. It in everything um, pops so yeah. well yes. in this game. Like it's yeah, it's the specific way it was like the color and I don't know the the curves. Not to be weird about it, but like the no, curves it, of yeah. all the shapes and like everything is just so seamless and pleasing to look at. Like it looks complete. Yeah. And it's it's really cool too because like oh you know you'll look at modern games and a lot of times they'll put like a an outline around something to make you see like what you're supposed to see but they never had to do that like everything fits perfectly into the world but if you're supposed to see something you like see it it's really cool um, and yeah it is like the it is the the colors the shapes everything's so fucking cute in this game yeah. um, well just and, to give like. Um... Because I know, like, we're probably going to focus on the color palette quite a bit. Uh, for context, a at its peak, an NES could do 56 colors, period. Mm. Like, they, they, it could do 56 colors. Um, and I think um, the it could do 13 at one time. Like, it could make 56 colors, but you could only have 13 at a time. That's why a lot of colors get reused in NES games. Um, with the jump to the Super Nintendo, it could display 32,768 unique colors. And That's it could a larger number. It could do 256 colors at once. Damn. Dang. Wow. I mean, it's crazy that we're like blown away when we have like supercomputers. <laughs> like in, in, the, in the context of that time, yeah, it's incredible. It's no, a that's big crazy. I'm going to pay attention to that when I play the between the two systems. I'm going to actually count Honestly. see if I can well, see if I can notice <laughs> that like So, if you want to do that, the ultimate example I can give you is play mm-hmm. any of the original NES Mario's and then play All-Stars all on the Super Nintendo. Because you'll get a one-to-one oh. com- you'll get a one-to-one comparison. Um, because um, that's how Super Mario World started its development was they ported Super Mario three to the SNES um, yeah. to and see like they... what they could do with it. And you know Miyamoto walks in and he goes, "It's the same game. Do something different." And then he bounced. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fucking figure it out. The the colors are great, especially coming off of like the previous titles too. Like in the original Mario, it's kind of just like blue and brown for the most part unless you're in like the castles or like the underground then you know it's a little different in mario 2 i feel like there's a little bit more color in it but at the same time it's kind of like grainy yeah in a way um and then you go back to mario 3 and it's kind of just like black and white for the most part if i'm like remembering off the top of my head not not really black and white but there's like it's very bland Yeah, yeah it's very bland that's a good way to say it it's very bland color palette so when you, when you look at those three games and you compare it to mario world it's just like totally you know like you said the, the colors it's the shapes it's it's just everything and i think if you even look at like future mario like like the 2d mario games like the the new super mario games um they look good but there's not really that kind of charm to mm-hmm. them i think it's lacking that like uh that unique uh graphic style i guess that uh super mario world definitely brings so even like compared to like the new mario games i do think it stands out the most yeah well and like i think too this is a case where it isn't just the technology like 
there had to be an incredibly talented art team behind this game. Because, yeah. like, oh, even sure. when you compare it to other games from the Super Nintendo, which had access mm-hmm. to the same technology, like, the way that it looks is just, it's top-notch. There's not a lot of things that can, like, stand on its level in terms of the way it looks. I don't know how many of you have actually looked into the development of Super Mario World or saw, like, what the early builds looked like. But the, yeah, the, not, the color palette was lifted straight out of Super Mario 3. Like, it had that sepia overtone. Um, yeah, like, even the even the sky in Super Mario 3, if I believe, if I remember, well, let me double check. I believe it's, like, almost, like, dusk. Like, that for the, like these games are defined by their first level so hard, like, yeah. so much. Um, you know, and I believe the first level of Super Mario 3 has, like, a, almost, like, a twilight or dusk background. I might be, I'm going to look that up before I say it. It's like what a I was, tan, isn't it? Like a it's, yeah, that's when I remember. Like, brown jumps out at me. Yes, yeah, that's what's it's happening. It's like a brown, yeah. blackish, whitish. Co- oh, know. so you know what it is? It's the title screen um, is brown. It's, like, dusk. And then I believe the first world is actually blue. Um, according to my Google search, it's, like, a teal, but it's oh, not. Oh, it is teal. Okay. But not quite, like, it feel. it definitely has, like, a twilight. Twilighty feel like I could see why you would be like, yeah, it's kind of you know like dusky, yeah. like it definitely um, like if you compare it to um, either the remake for Super Nintendo or Game Boy, like in in those versions, it's obviously a clear blue sky, and um, in this yep. one, it's just like it's it's not you know, um, but it, it's probably just for the more than anything, it's probably just a limitation of the NES because that's what col- probably because like it the, that color bleeds into like the. Uh, the HUD for Super Mario 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, because what it is, it's like, I'm looking at screenshots now. It's like Super Mario 3, the title screen is brown. The overworld, brown. And then the first world does have that color, but you're right. Yeah, it's that's like what that I kind was of like deep, rich too. blue that you, um, that, that Super Mario 3 comes out, or Super Mario World comes out. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is that Nintendo, at least in its, early, in its he- I mean, I guess it's still a Tate. I was about to say Nintendo's not. <laughs> still relevant which is ridiculous but they just did (laughs) such a good job of like this game came out either with or shortly after the release of the actual system and they nintendo just like is so good at kicking open the door and showing what a new system can do you know they did that with n64 with like mario 64 and then and zelda like you know like they just this game just like and they do that a huge chunk of that is just visuals like the literal first impression of visuals and music is always just like so strong they just are clearly so cognizant of like we need to grab people immediately we need to immediately show why this system is you know is the new like new kid on the block or whatever um but yeah uh so yeah i I think the visuals of this game i I love the way the map which i'm gonna we can talk i was gonna talk more about the map and gameplay but i love how the visuals of the map change like when you like beat worlds and stuff not only does it open up secrets which again that's really innovative and great we can talk about that in a minute but like the hills like will like have like little bandages on them and stuff like it's just so <laughs> cute everything yeah. is just so like cute and reactive to the player like for its time it's it's so good um and then apparently if you beat 100 percent the game i found out the map changes to a, a hellscape uh, which <laughs> I, it's, 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 more, I it's less a hellscape and more like a it's like fall and halloweeny it's really cute I think I there's some some deeper lore to that, which I've gone down some rabbit holes, and Uh-oh. we'll discuss Ooh. that later. Well, good, because <laughs> I have Mario nothing universe. for talking about the story, so maybe <laughs> you can get into like the the, <laughs> the uh, deeper aspects of the Mario lore, because I did not I did not know that. Um, 
Yeah, and so I think going hand in hand with its presentation, especially up up front, is um, the audio of this game, um, which Zach and so Zach's little presentation, not presentation, his elevator pitch touched. I mean, again, I guess we're just great minds. He touched on a lot of points that I was like, oh yeah, I felt the exact same way, and I had written down. Um, we did not like coordinate it at all, but um, the the we can the music in this game is fantastic, but I was surprised at how little. Of it is like, I guess like iconic. I, it, there's a reason. Really sh- there's a reason for that. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear the reason because like what struck me is that like it made me realize like oh all of the arc, like truly iconic Mario music is from Mario One. Like, um, I mean th- I immediately remembered the song, the main songs when I heard them, but I was like, but this isn't the songs that people think of when they think of Mario. Um, Zach, do do you know why? It sounds like you have a little bit of a yeah. So on, on ba- why that might be the case. So basically, um, when it came time to developing for the Super Nintendo, they just all everybody from all levels could do things they couldn't do before, and uh, focusing just for music, um, Koji Kondo decided he was going to reuse um, a lot of the musical overtones from Super Mario Brothers three. But they would be more ah. they would be more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did some rearrangements for those. Um, he what he his goal was um, is that he wanted people to like recognize the music from Mario three because Mario three was a you know is one of the best selling games on the original Nintendo that wasn't a pack in. Um, mm-hmm. And he thought that the player would be like, yeah, you know, like I this is there's a theme here. Like these games are connected through music. Um, so what he did was he changed up instruments um, and he could do more with like waveforms uh, just based off of, you know, the Super Nintendo uh, hardware. So um, he didn't really write a whole lot of new music. Um, he just went back and took stuff that they had, tried to modernize it. And then um, I think one of my my absolute favorite musical touch in this game is when you get on Yoshi and a lot yes. of a lot of people don't notice, but the music changes when you get on Yoshi. It's bongos. Yep. Um, you know, so the, they were just doing stuff like that. It's just more of like an opportunity to like play with a new new toys. You know, it's like let's see what we can do. Um, so I like I think it's pretty much a universal opinion that like yeah, like when people are like. Um, you know, Super Mario World. What do you think of the music? They're like, it's 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 good. Can you name a song? And they're just like, no. You know, you like the only ones that come to mind are like, um, like the Yoshi Island theme, like the 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 first thing you get, and then the Bowser Castle music. Like those are the yeah. only two that stand out. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think that's probably fair. Um, do, I do, do think it's a other- little unfair to compare it to like arguably like the greatest video game soundtrack of all time like the yeah, most iconic like, like mario games. theme you, you know what i mean um i yeah. do think there's some good songs in there uh I, oh there are yeah i sure. really loved the music in this and i think too like that's a tradition what zach is describing that i feel like they've continued throughout the mario games you know like you'll play a modern mario game and they'll still have like the a modernized version of the old theme songs and i really mm-hmm. like that um oh yeah it's cool I think he, and it makes it brings that like nostalgic feeling of mario back immediately into the experience that you're having yeah like there's a lot of reoccurring songs in future mario games that they use from this game like the bowser's theme like you said the the yoshi you know da 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 da, da like you know yeah. that that's constantly in like almost in every mario game 
I don't remember if they have the the Hub World song in m- many Mario games going forward, but like even that song, I think is pretty catchy for so, like, Hub yeah. World. I, I think maybe I didn't make what what I more meant was that I expected more of Super Mario One's music in mm. this one. I guess that's more what I was saying. Like the 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 new. It's more that they struck out in a different direction with a lot of the themes entirely. That's it, I wasn't shitting on like oh <laughs> like, this music sucks. It, it's just more that like like that like I'm not sure. I, I'm sure it probably weaves its way into other themes in future games, but like it isn't. It I it, it didn't use the old game, and I feel like it's not as re- as you know I, because I mean Nintendo knows that it's not as iconic. I guess I just feel like I don't feel that theme as often. In other games, but I'm sure it's probably because I haven't been paying attention. I'm sure it probably is weaved in and out. Um, I do love that overworld theme, like super good, uh, super <laughs> a lot. Um, it's I feel like it's okay. So my I'm, okay, I'm, I'm I'm just going on feels here. I don't have like it's not like a you know like a like a objective thing. I do have some objective stuff to point out, but um, I feel like it's not as obviously immediately identifiable as the. Um, as the original theme, but it feels like to me, it's like more fun. And like kind of what Zach was saying, like they knew they had like the full power of this new uh, thing and the sound design 100% takes advantage of it. Like they're just doing things that they couldn't do. I think they had four channels of sound for the, um, for the NES, I think. And then they have eight channels for this one. And they're those, the main themes are using all eight of those channels. Um, like the bongos touch with Yoshi, is uh, such a good such a good touch that Zach pointed out, um, and so and they, but they do that all the time. Like even without Yoshi, just like the song will loop, but then like the second time around, they'll like they'll have like percussive like accents and like harmonic accents. The baseline is this like f- like you don't notice it when you're playing the game, but if you actually go and like listen to the soundtrack or uh, it's like this funky walking baseline the whole time. It just feels so fun and like free and light and you know um and another thing that they're doing is I don't know if this is apparent I'm you know but they're actually reusing the same thing for everything so the the that is used in all the levels so uh the spooky level is just that but spook but slow down and spookified mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the water theme is that, but then they put it in like a three, four time and they all have different like harmony to kind of like emphasize different things. It feels like really lackadaisical and stuff. levels very up tempo version yep but i feel like playing i didn't feel that like it didn't feel lazy it didn't feel like it's just really great masterful like but scoring it, work. it should be noted that this wasn't just like a copy paste like he spent uh that he oh, no, Koji Kondo, he spent 18 months on the soundtrack no, each 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 song is its own composition with a familiar melody. Like they are all different songs. Like to the extent where like it didn't even click with me until I was going back and listening to it for this episode. I was like, oh, this is the same thing. Yeah, um, I took very particular notice uh, of picking up on 
basically they 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 took the the main theme and they ran with it throughout the whole game and they just completely would would redo it and change it just a little bit but it was still that same song and i really really enjoyed how they tailored it to each level and and made it sound you know so familiar yet still very different and fit the environment i thought that was a really nice touch and i i really liked it like hitting the water levels or the I think the cave was different. No, the cave even had no. A, the underground was different. The underground is. I think so. I the baseline might be referencing the the uh, the melody, but I it's different. I actually like the underground music for this one better than the iconic original Mario underground music. I like the understated like. Anyway, sorry. Go on. If you do listen to the underground music long enough, um, like that main melody does show up. Oh, it does. It's yeah. It maybe just slow down. Very slow. Very slow. Yeah. Yeah, it was it really and like and like kind of what Zach was saying. It doesn't feel some people could do that. And it's just like oh, limited resources or laziness. But with Koji Kondo at the helm, like it's clearly just like no, this was intentional. So like good. he, yeah. like he, he was trying to, you know, he was trying to do something different. And I think it it works. It's just it ends up, you know, I think what's what kind of you get sandwiched in with like, uh, you know, this is a thirty year old game. Super Mario sixty four comes out, and that soundtrack's just an absolute banger. You know, like, yeah. and that's, that's, you know, another evolution where, Hey, we can do like MIDI sound, like let's get wild with it. But, um, like just tying in with like the soundtrack, I think the sound effects work in this game is top notch, you know, for a super Nintendo game. Like, I don't know how many of you picked up on this, but when you're in the underground, everything echoes. Like, I don't yep. think, like, I don't think that had been done in a game up until that point, like in the nineties, they had this. I doubt they had the power to do it. No, it's just you like know? in the 90s, like Nintendo was doing stuff that you couldn't even really do on a PC. So, yeah, the music, because they reuse that theme in such creative ways, but like reinvent it so many times, it does a really good job of like creating unique moods for every level and every experience. But the whole thing feels tied together. The whole thing feels like one unique like or one like unified piece, one yep. unified like world and setting. And it's really good. I mean, it, it's something that's been done for like, you know, for movies and for you know other scores and stuff but um seeing nintendo kind of get the jump on it and get the jump on it in such a fun like upbeat lively way is you know fantastic feels great um and the, regarding the sound effects the i love the sound of every single sound effect in this game is iconic um, most notably, like the sound of Yoshi is the, I mean, I know he's been revamped now, like Yoshi, but that is what Yoshi sounds like. You can't tell me otherwise. And they, again, they do a really good job of like, not only is every, every sound is very satisfying, but they, um, get the sound of things that are happening in the real world. And the way they sound in this game sounds nothing like it does in the real world. But it makes sense in this game. So, like, my example that I have for this is, like, the and I'm going to play it for the listener. Dear baby listener, you'll hear now, uh, you'll hear an example. But when the door opens to um, the, uh, um, whenever you go in a door and it goes, like, I think particularly in the dungeons or the castles and maybe every time you open a door. But that rip, 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 rip sound. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a yeah. small series of farts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but cute farts. <laughs> like adorable toots. <laughs> 
each it, it sounds nothing like a door opening. That's not what a door opening sounds like. But then like they, it's such a satisfying sound, like you are just lost in it. And you're like, this, yeah, door opened. Like you, your brain just doesn't process it. It just translates it to door opening, but cuter than real life door opening. It's like the sound design is fantastic, um, to say the least. I think. Um, I thought you were going to go somewhere much worse, like stomping on a turtle does not sound at all <laughs> appropriate. To... I was like, what is he talking about? What kind of a sound does it translate to real life of this? Yeah, so now I'm going to play a sound of a horrible, like someone stomping <laughs> on a turtle. Oh, no. real... <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be too morbid for the pod. We'll see. Um... <laughs> um... Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on the? Um, any other thoughts on the? Uh, I on think the just to touch on how satisfying and reactive the sounds are, it really is. Every hopping on top of Yoshi, and then the the little bongos going in the back, it gets you hyped without knowing you're mm-hmm. getting hyped. You're like, it's yeah. fucking yep. Yoshi time. Let's go. Like you're you're sitting up a little straighter. You've got the bongos. You're bobbing your head. You're like, I'm ready to do some <laughs> Yoshi shit. You know the super pouncing on top of people as Yoshi, that extra, like, bassy boom thump yeah. when you hit oh, them. Oh, yeah! Hitting the, the little Goombas when you either jump on them or you knock them with a shell, and it's like, bloop, 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 bloop. It's so <laughs> incredibly satisfying and crisp. Like, every different enemy that you you land on top of or you knock out and kill, um, it's it's just very well done because it's... I, I guess the best word, it's satisfying to to yep. activate every one of those sounds and you're you just feel pleased. <laughs> like it, it's great. <laughs> it's a great experience. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like they just nailed they just, in my opinion, nailed video game sounds very early on. I mean, I, I very early relative to the life of video games. I guess they had a minute to do it, like a decade or whatever. But yeah, it just compare it to like the Atari sounds, which I know like we're that's over a decade later, but like yeah, sound design would not be where it is were it not for Nintendo and I maybe even specifically this game. Um yeah, it's so good. Um any any other thoughts on uh, on sound before we kind of like truck along? I guess I would say just like and I mean, we kind of like hinted at this, but just to say like explicitly how cool it is, both with the sound and visuals, what a wide variety of environments they were able to create and how fun mm. they all are. Like you have forests and caves, you have underwater, you have ghost houses, you have outer space. And like it all feels unified and fun and satisfying. Um, like they just really knocked it out of the park in using those resources to make that world yeah the level um, complete like sound too is also very satisfying as well oh my gosh yeah <laughs> the little song they play at the end or whatever <laughs> yeah is it the same one is it the no, is, it the, is it the same uh, one then it does that like like the zoom in or whatever mario gets like this little swagger strut yeah 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 even that's just like oh it's so good <laughs> yeah 
it's uh, beautiful. Oh, gosh, it makes me. I'm, I, I want to play the game right now. Just talking about Um You want to save scum okay. your way through the game? You mean? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Steve! Oh, bitch! What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It was there. I had to. I had to eat the low hanging fruit. <laughs> I guess. What do y'all want to talk about next? I guess we could do story. I have very little to speak of about the story, which was fine. That every game has a story, but I mean, there's really not ever a. St- story with mario is there bowser steals peach Not or really. toadstool depending on what era and then super mario rpg you go get him. i'm interested to hear this conspiracy theory that rat was teasing yeah that's earlier. where I, that's why i'm bringing it up i want to see because <laughs> other than it's like, like you know oh peach got stolen and the yoshis are all captured there's really not much to talk about and 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 how insane it is is going to be if it's an actual conspiracy theory or if it's uh rats like <laughs> ramblings depraved mind has made up a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He dreamed about it or something. It was like, Whoa, <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, listen, no one else has talked about this, but okay, I think here there's something there. Okay. I've dug deep into this and I have legitimate, <laughs> I, I have footing Don't to stand it. on. Okay. With how, we need. Hang on. You need to play like, uh, like the X Files music in the background. Okay. So, dear baby listener, this is not going to be the story segment. This is going to be the conspiracy corner with Rat. Yeah. All right. Listen. Okay. I'm just saying. So I think you know face value. This is this is a a, a wonderful like magical world of Mario and it's all it's all a veil and there's much darker deeper undertones and it's so Mario is almost it's a cautionary tale of the folly of man <laughs> and, and 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 our our destructive wake that we bring behind us so what we have here is we have the only human other than i guess peach enters this world this this utopia of animals right and if you notice throughout the story in mario's wake he's industrializing he's chopping down forest he's building roads he's he's you know cutting across the oceans so he's 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 industrializing in his wake and what does he do he violently and brutally murders only animals all animals in vicious vicious spiteful ways he just this this destruction of death behind him and when you know you, you notice like the band-aids on mm-hmm. on the mountains and stuff as he is you know every castle that he kills gets more personal <laughs> with his methods his his methods of destruction and you know you can see there's the band-aid on the mountain in the background it's it's he's scarring the land and what his reward by the end of getting his master achievement of beating all the star world the star roads and then we see the the veil is lifted and we see the dark reality of scorched earth as the whole map changes and there's no longer there's no longer goombas but there's little mario man faces hopping around so he's he's starting to breed humans into this world and it looks horrifying 
We started in a pure world of just animal society, and here comes this one man who's then industrializing and then starting to leave more humans behind, and it's it's this horrible scorched earth. And now we really get into where it gets a little darker is when he captures Yoshi. So you'll notice to do his bidding, when Mario was riding Yoshi, I had um, actually another friend of mine pointed this out and I'll never unsee it every time you command Yoshi to do something Mario punches him in the back of the no. head no really go watch does, yeah. Mario punches <laughs> Yoshi a full arm swing elbow cock <laughs> in the back of the head and Yoshi squeals <laughs> so not only is he murderous to all animals he's cruel He's leaving scorched earth in his wake. He'll sacrifice Yoshi on a dime if it gets him, like, extra foot of vertical leap. True. He will, and he does. Yeah. And this is why he's going into these houses, and he's stealing more Yoshis so he can breed them to get his farm up and running because he knows <laughs> how little he cares about Yoshi and how often. I mean, if he sees a secret exit, you know, he'll double jump across the sky, hop off Yoshi, say, see you later, fucker, and then get in that <laughs> exit and go. Like, he doesn't care about Yoshi. I, I just think there's undertones definitely that you could pull from this story that kind of peel back the veil. If you watch what Mario does and what he leaves behind, it's sort of the cautionary tale of man and nature. We're not going to talk about story anymore. I, it's just going to be a rat's <laughs> breakdown. That is it. That's the story <laughs> section of the pod. <laughs> so, uh, gameplay. <laughs> um, I mean, we can talk about story if you want, but if I'm editing it, I will probably just make it be... <laughs> I think it's best we move on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? A, I mean, there's there's no story. Yeah, there's not. Like you're you're, yeah. you're going you're you're saving a princess. You're saving the Yoshi's, and there may or may not be dark undertones. There is now apparently. It's sort of funny. So the obvious. story is the one kind of like perfunctual part of it. I will say though, I will say Q, if you came up with that on the cuff on your own, I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, I, so I've heard things of like, oh, Mario's actually a murderer, like jokes, but I've never mm -hmm. heard this specific take on Mario World. Right, so. like, like it's it's all like a drug trip. He's tripping off mushrooms. Yeah, but but like I, I've 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 never heard anything like this, and I I was like, let's look it up and see if anybody this else. Is just has what I've noticed throughout this. my playthrough, I was like, you know, <laughs> this is the way. I am not surprised at all if Rat came up with this. This is this is how his mind works. Like, this is I've known him for a while. Like, this is, I mean, but it, the evidence is there. Like I, the I evidence like is that, there. Go watch the Yoshi clips. Go command Yoshi to do something. You'll see the you'll, you'll see the violence. Fake news. Deep fake. It is funny too, as like a counterpoint in the Mario versus Sonic debate, because like Sonic is an animal fighting an industrialist. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh my gosh, guys! I think uh, this this <laughs> Sonic is the video game character of the people. Oh my god, is Sonic three thousand years in the future, and Mario yeah. becomes Doctor Robotnik? Mario is Doctor Robotnik. They both wear red. He ate too many meatballs. They both wear red and have huge mustaches. Oh. It's undeniable. See, after too much inbreeding, Mario has ruined okay. the, the bloodline of Yoshi, so he sees this new creature called Sonic, and he's like, I must capture him and bend him to my will. Wait, what happens? It goes even deeper. What happens if 
Mario vs. Sonic at the Olympic Games was where Mario turned evil. Oh, Sonic beat him. Yeah, Mario. And he was mm. like, so. The, I mean, there, there, there is a theory that um, that's like Super Mario Brothers going back to the original game. It is pro Mushroom Kingdom propaganda because we are never shown the world through the lens of the Koopas. We are only seeing it through uh, the eyes of Mario because, I mean, realistically, like you just you fall in this world and you start killing. Victor's stuff. right. The history. Um yeah. The, 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 yeah, so so what happens, the timeline, Mario does this, rules Dinosaur Island, extends, you know, extends an invitation to the to the Olympics. Um, you know, to to Green Hill Zone. In Tokyo or Vancouver or wherever they yeah, are. Extends Green Hill Zone an invitation to compete. Gets a first look at the power that is Sonic and realize and then just goes through like it just ramps up his industrialization further and further and further, like contorting himself and the world around him to become more powerful until he's ready to attack the Green Hill Zone. Um, and then that's where Sonic picks up. I think this is the official timeline. Um, and I now cannot be convinced otherwise. Um, <laughs> it's canon. Book it. Book it, yeah. <laughs> Goat Games canon. <laughs> yeah. This, so if this, this conspiracy theory is going to, like, launch our podcast at the top like youtube videos like like giant uh, ugly thumbnails this changes everything like, <laughs> like <laughs> click me you know, um, we're holding the, the smoking goat <laughs> the smoking goat <laughs> um okay well gameplay how do we feel about the gameplay guys let's i i i, feel- I mean you know like as far as like platformers go especially 2d side scrollers i think this is the peak yeah like i i it's feel like really the contro- good. like the controls in this game are so tight like it's ridiculous like i don't even think like new super mario brothers controls were as tight as this yeah i i felt so okay the only thing i i'm gonna sound like an idiot i'm i'm probably wrong the con- it controls amazingly I do, and I and this is a conscious choice on their part. It's obviously not a mistake because I'm sure they spent hundreds or thousands of hours perfecting the way he moved. He is slippier, slipperier oh, his slick shoes than I remember. Drive me crazy. Yeah, and it's like, when and he's I, in, I, it's, when he's baby, baby Mario is super slippery, and it drew oh, it drove me nuts. And I feel like, and it's obviously intentional, and it's there for the mm-hmm. difficulty curve. The game's designed around it, so obviously it's not. But I remember Mar. I, whenever I think of Mario, I think of him being like pixel perfect jumping, and I, he's a little slippery. Um, like I think, and compared to a lot of like modern platformers, I mean, it, it, every platformer they consciously decide like how is he, how slippery is he going to be, how floaty is he going to be. Um, and so like I found myself being like dying in places where I mean I'm not an amazing gamer or whatever, but dying in places where. If he, like if he wasn't slippery, I wouldn't have slipped off there, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it's very subtle, uh, by and large. It's Mario, baby. I can't say I noticed that too much. I, I think it's supposed to just feel like forward momentum, right? Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of games yeah. do do away with that for the sake of like feel. But you're right. That's what it is. It's forward momentum. And like some games, it's like when you stop, you like stop on a dime. And in this game, yeah, it's more realistic. Um, it never felt bad to me. I mean, it definitely killed me sometimes, but it never felt like bad to me. And like you yeah. understand it early enough that right. it never felt unfair. Correct. It was like, oh yeah, I I died there because I had more momentum than I should have going into this jump or like going next to this cliff or whatever. Um, 
And you just like learn that that's part of the rules of how you play Mario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's intentional. It's just not what I remember. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't really say I noticed that yeah. while playing. I mean, it's there, but I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I'm just adjusted to it. I noticed it. I noticed it in one very particular area, and it was the worst day of my life playing that. <laughs> I was that the castle it level. Was Roy's castle, Roy, that piece of shit, <laughs> Roy Koopa. I think castle number five. I'll never forget it. It was the worst day of my life. You had a oh, mental breakdown. I oh, I did. was at the end of I was myself. There. I saw it. <laughs> so uh, full disclosure, um, I've been playing the game the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was just like, yeah, I just want to play. Like I've been playing it while we're podcasting. <laughs> oh, great! Good, good. That's why his camera's off. <laughs> yeah, that's why his camera's off. No, it was just my camera won't turn on. But uh, I'm in Roy's castle right now, and I was just like, you know, fuck this level. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And the issue. Okay, so it was in the beginning, and I, you know, part of I guess this is a platform. It's the auto scrolling. It's the auto scrolling block. Yeah. It's and maybe this is a platformer thing. Once you get tilted, if you can't pull out of that nosedive, yep. it's over. And I got tilted mm. one day while I was playing. I was streaming and my chat was loving it. I was losing my mind. <laughs> and until by the end of it, I just had no more anger left in me. I was just like emotionless husk. And I was I didn't even beat the level. I was like, I can't do this, guys. Goodbye, and I like closed my stream out and left <laughs> because. But it was over an hour of trying to do. I think they counted like thirty six deaths or something like that. Those are rookie numbers. You gotta pump those up. I got to the boss room once, once, and I didn't know that Roy stomps on the ground and stuns you. So the first time I got through the boss room, it caught me off guard, and then he killed me, and then I never got back into that room. Never got back. I was losing my absolute mind mm. because I kept – you know, the, in the beginning, the little side-scrolly thing that you have to ride the bridge, and it goes around yeah, the snake? That's yeah, that's the worst part. I oh, kept this is the slipping castle, off yes. of it. I kept, castle sucks butt. Yeah, yeah I, I kept sliding off yeah. over and over and over again, no matter how many times that I couldn't control the little slip. And then sometimes the fireballs would get caught up into the top. Because there is an element yeah. of like weird they RNG clip, to this they game. They clip through. <sighs> like I don't even know if it's RNG. I think they just clip through. Oh, it was a night. It was a bad time. But that is the one area where it, it. I noticed it the most, and it got to me because I was very tilted that day, and I could not. I could not focus anymore. It ruined me. Um, and it was all the. So sliding. if it makes you feel any better, um, when I was streaming this, I quit at that point too yeah. for the exact same reasons but i was like um i thought it was an issue with my controller so i went through and booted up um my snes classic that i played uh played this through with my girlfriend not too long ago and was like I- is it is it me and um no i think it's it's just with emulators i think there is like there's something too where it might feel just different enough where um it feels off uh because when maybe I did that's it on the, the issue too because like i said i played it on the super nintendo right and you you know like because uh, i was like when i played it on um on the snes classic like it felt fine like if it was still there but it was like oh yeah like i can actually like i can control this but it's like on the emulator i used to stream i was just like this is 
I don't I don't remember it ever being like this. Interesting. So Steve, you found a, a similar thing. You felt like it was tighter on your SNES. Yeah, I I felt like every time I died, it was like my fault. Oh yeah, I felt, I, as, yeah. As, as little as I like, don't want to admit it. Um, <laughs> but, but I think but, like for like that level in particular, <laughs> it's probably something you could just chalk up to like the way um, the emulator processes the game is probably not one to one. Uh, and it's creating just enough of a difference where you're like, what, what the hell? This doesn't feel right. Or maybe you need to get good. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I want to take advice on gaming from Figgy, but yeah. Well, hey, so I, no, okay. So with, with Roy's Castle, I did find actually something that um, I did find. I don't know if it's like an exploit. I did find something that helped a lot. Um, I remember that level being super frustrating. Um, so if you play the game again, um, let me just recommend it's something called uh, Save States. Uh, really helped me get through the uh, that the, the gauntlet of Roy's Castle. Um, <laughs> I remember I had the most devastating moment in Roy's castle because like it is super hard. And I had watched Figgy play the end of the game because he got to the end of it before me. And there was so a good. different snaky block level at the end. And in that one, when the snake block starts going down right at the end, you can write it down and there's an entrance with an H that you can grab. And so I thought I got confused which snake level was which and just rode the block down until it went off screen and I died and the look on my face of just like like just this was so hard and I just wasted it all um man that's what you get from meta devastating okay? moment what can I say yeah it's true <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah take the game as it comes um so other gameplay stuff uh, I love the map in this game um the way you I mean the secrets I loved finding secrets like it was like yeah I didn't find them all I'm a plebe you know blah 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 Alan's a bad gamer but like uh I you know when you found a secret it just felt so satisfying and watching the map kind of morph and contort I guess to your evil will now that rat said his piece I can't like ever unthink of it in that way <laughs> but, um yeah the map just feels uh I saw one description that it's almost like a game board um and stuff um and yeah, it's like you're not actively exploring the map, but by exploring the levels, you're exploring the map. It's a really cool feeling. Um, Exploration was very, very fun in this game. I was I was impressed with how how well they did it and how many unique things you could find and discover just by replaying and replaying. Like, you, you know, when you get to that cheat room they put in um, at the haunted house in the beginning where you yep. you go through and then they, which blows my mind that they put that in the game. Um, I couldn't believe it. But I, I guess it, the original safe state It's basically um, you can go and get infinite lives from that room. I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah, we'll just throw that out there. You can. And some of us did because yeah. we didn't want a safe state. <laughs> <laughs> but like how how did somebody find that secret? If I wasn't told about it, I mean, some of the areas they put these secret spots are amazing. Like, I don't know how you would ever Definitely. discover Get your cape and right at the beginning of the level, fly up into the air, go backwards and then go up top and then boom, you're good. Um, there were a couple of those that were just mind blowing that that people discovered them. Um, and I couldn't imagine yeah, finding yeah. that on my own as a child. Uh, no way. No shot. That kind of like brings us back a little bit to the discussion we were having earlier, though, about the cost of games historically, yep. mm -hmm. because like back 
in the SNES days, you couldn't afford to have as many games as we do now. And the fact that they added all of those little secrets in, and this was pre-internet, so you probably had to find them yourself or your friend found them and told you about them, like adds such a level of replayability to the game because you're going to keep trying that level to see what's the thing that I'm missing? Mm -hmm. Where is it? There's more here and I want to get to it. Going back to that, like building off the secrets, I'll I'll knock a point off the game a little bit <gasps> here. Um, if you're trying to 100% the game, you know, get the save file with the 96 and the star at the mm-hmm. end, say mm-hmm. you 100% it, um, you have to find all the secret exits. There is no way to tell which ones you're missing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which ones you need in the game. That's true. Unless you compare it to, like, a a guide or, you know, just, like, outside help or something. And even with the guide and, like, outside help, you know, there's certain levels that's, like, yeah, if you're missing one, it might be this one because the map doesn't even tell you if there's a road there, you know, because it's previously unlocked through another level. Um, So if you're you're trying to 100% the game, you know, it would have been nice if, like, you hovered over a level and it was like, I don't know, there was like an indicator or something right. that just said like, hey, you, yeah. got, you, got the, you got the secret here. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the there's, map a li- indicates... there's a little bit of one. Um, yeah. So like to it doesn't apply to ghost houses, but, um, you know, like with, a, with like a regular level will be yellow and a level with secrets will be red. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, red then, doesn't shut off when you find the secrets. Exactly. You can't tell yeah. if you found all the secrets if it has multiple exits. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that's. But usually if it has multiple exits, it's, it has a separate route. So, like, the map changing is supposed to be your indicator. There are, yeah, that's what I was saying, though. There are, there's, like, there's I, I a know couple that have, like, more than one secret exit, though. Yeah, because specifically, I guess my case, I'll just tell you my case, because I, I tried 100%ing it. There was a level when you first walk into the forest that has two exits. So if you get the one exit, it unlocks the right path, which goes to, like, a lake. And if you get the secret exit, it goes to the left path, which unlocks, like, a ghost house. So if you go to the ghost house exit, there's also two other exits there. One oh. will lead it will continue going left to like another level, but the other ghost house exit is like the secret exit, and that will go right, which was the level you just did. What? So if you unlock, if you unlock the level, it's the same way for the lake. The lake will connect you back yeah. up top. It's like you're getting lost in the forest. Yes. Yeah. If you unlock the path that leads to the ghost house through the first level then there's really no way like indicating that like, Oh, I'm missing the secret level in the ghost level because that path is already unlocked through previous. Yeah. Means or whatever. Well, and that's, um, it, I don't know. They, it just would have been nicer if they'd like clean that up a little bit. Yeah. No. And that, well, that goes, to, you know, put something at the bottom that says like, Oh, thumbs up or something, you know, right. something like anything well i think that kind of goes back to what rob is saying it's a good point that like there's not a lot of like indication um and and, like you can you can see the progress right so if you look at the original not mario but i'm thinking of zelda the original zelda was uh, like opaque as fuck like they they gave you nothing (laughs) they gave you nothing in terms of like this is what you need to do this is where you need to go at all no indication of anything 
And then I think what you're seeing, I think what we're what you're experiencing here in real time is like an evil, not in real time because it's past, so it's the opposite of real time, fake time. Um, what you're experiencing is like the evolution of like they've realized, okay, people, how do we make a game hard versus frustrating, and like where is that line? And it's a line that games still have to figure out to this day, you know, with different games, and um. So you're starting to see like little breadcrumbs, like, like well, let's give a little indicator that there's a secret here. Um, and for some people, that's like Steve and stuff, and you know, it, it's arguably not enough because it's you know, I do think that in the woods, it's specifically to create the feeling of being lost in the woods, though. Um, but it, it's not the only time that happens. Um, and uh, the uh, I was going to say, I wonder, like, I wonder how much of it is deliberate, right? As well. Um, because, um, for a long time, um, the term Nintendo hard was like, um, you know, that was an industry term because of the limitations of the original Nintendo, um, Nintendo would artificially, um, increase the difficulty of games so that they would have they would feel like a better value proposition right and that's kind of what rob was saying is that like yeah these games were meant to like be like oh some people like this is the only game they had like that they owned yeah. from super nintendo so it's like uh, yeah right. i will dump 70 hours into this you know so whereas these days where it's like you know we just kind of want to get through games so yeah and also like the people who programmed those original games a lot of those are the people who programmed arcade games and then got picked up by console manufacturers or people making games for consoles and like arcade games are designed to eat your quarters. quarters. So they got to be really right. hard. And like those design philosophies, it took a while for the game industry to learn their way out of. Yeah. And it's really cool playing, going back and seeing that evolution, you know, yeah. it's kind of like a microcosm of video game philosophy. And then we went full, like it went full circle. Like you start out, like you start out with quarter munchers and then gradually, you know, through like the N64 era, things start to get a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Then you get to like the like the PS3 and 360 era where it's like games have difficulty levels and it's pretty common for there to be like a story mode. And then Dark Souls comes out of nowhere and like, nah, we're going way back to the beginning. <laughs> get them I guess it's just a little weird that like, you know, because like you guys said, like in most in, like cases, it does let you know because there's a path on unlo- being unlocked. So it's like, Mm-hmm. In most cases, they did give you that indication, but there were just like a few that they didn't, and it just mm-hmm. kind of feels like, okay, y- either do it or don't. <laughs> you know, like well, and one thing I found myself struggling with—not struggling—I uh, mean, I, I got through the game, but one thing that—and I'm still not sure. Y'all can answer the question for me, Mister you know, Elite 100% Gamers. Um, can you find every secret? your first time going through a level do some secrets require like the blocks the special blocks that's like i'm not really sure because i would sometimes i get yes, to a secret i think level. some do requ- you have to have the special blocks to get to a couple secrets right that's what i was thinking is I, I would look around and be like well i can see a secret block thing is here maybe i need that i, I think know. you either have to have the special blocks a lot of those like the people who are like kaizo level players have like ways of getting around those but for a normal player yes you would need the blocks you expected yeah. to get the blocks yeah, yeah. so i did a couple of the secrets on one of my streams where it was like yeah let's let's see if i can do this without uh in the unintended way and there are definitely ones where it's like if i had the if i had the power block like yeah this would be easy Mm -hmm. but i don't so 
let's see what I can do. And it's like, if you have a cape or a Yoshi, you can kind of cheese your way through a lot of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, That's another thing you can talk way, about, I guess, is the cape is so broken. It's so, so much fun, say, but it's so broken. <laughs> well, I think it's one of my favorite. So gut check. This is out of nowhere. So if y'all don't, I mean, but like, I think the cape might be my favorite again because of nostalgia largely i think it might be my favorite mario power up um uh, it's up there ever i mean pro- probably just because of nostalgia and like i remember being so excited getting the cape when i was a kid do y'all have a favorite power up from this mario game Definitely or any other cape. mario game the cape I, I i never wanted to Definitely touch the, the the fireball or anything like that and no. i didn't no, even realize useless. how I, I i realized throughout the playthrough how powerful the cape was at first i couldn't fly at all i didn't even know how to fly i just yeah. dive bomb straight into the ground i never used the spins or anything like that and then by the end of beating the game the second time i i understood the true power and potential of the cape and what's kind of an interesting note <clears throat> between the the secret power up room where you can get infinite lives and capes and yoshis and all that stuff <clears throat> between that and having having the cape being so OP, they almost pulled, I'd almost say like an Elden Ring on the sense of this game can be as difficult or easy as you would like it to be. Safe states with extra steps, people. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> fucking the same state. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like you could choose not to use the cape to its full potential and not mm-hmm. use the super power yeah. up room and play it in harder mode or if you wanted to lessen the difficulty then you can go get the cape and breeze through levels um like you have the option to do to play it how hard you want to play it yeah and and completely organically within the game without having to have like easy mode um yeah again you brought the comparison to elden ring exactly some very similar thing um uh yeah no uh any other i mean i feel like we talked pre- about a lot of the stuff in the game but i mean I, the jump is so, per- the jump is perfect mario was slippery but i think he has the right his jump is the the jump in platformers like it's the perfect amount of floatiness and precision yeah i think what like when where this game lacks in uh like the plot it makes up for it and like the controls in the game yeah play. i think yeah. that's just kind of like the overarching and i theme of the I game think- one really cool part with the gameplay too is how they took the simple elements of a couple different types of jumps and running and managed to come up with so many different types of challenges. You know, there's levels where it's a platformer level and the challenge is learning to do the platforming. There's levels like the ghost house where, you know, you have the platform mechanics, but really it's about like looking around and figuring out where the secret pieces are and which one you need to go in and remembering. And then there's, you know, levels where just for like one level, they'll add in some weird mechanics, like one that really sticks out in my mind because I've really struggled with it um, was this level where like you'd like jump on a platform and it would slowly lower but raise another one. And you had to like jump and rest on it long enough while the other one raised up high enough, but not too long so that it got higher than you could jump to and like do that a series of times to like make it across this big cavern, you know, there's just like, or chasm, there's just like so many different cool things or like water levels too. There's so much variety in terms of levels acting in different ways, depending on what they chose to do with them and how they wanted you to challenge them. That's really cool when you consider how like simple the core piece of the puzzle is. 
Yeah, and Nintendo's the mat the master at that, right? Like it's the mas they're the mm-hmm. masters at teaching you a mechanic and then testing you on that mechanic and then upping the ante on that mechanic and then seeing what they yeah. can do with that one mechanic. Like I mean it's classic game design like mastered by Nintendo and Mario specifically. Um go ahead, Zach. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, you're fine. Um like, you know, you really get to see like um even they keep doing that even in the technical like quote unquote last level of the core game. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't think that light mechanic is in any other level that yeah. I can think of. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, th- you just get the feeling they have so many ideas that like, and they don't have enough game to put them all in. <laughs> like, you know, like, th- I mean, that's, that they... it's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly where Yoshi came from. Oh, really? Um, Yoshi was intended to be in um, the original game, but because of hardware limitations, uh, they obviously couldn't do it. And it was just like something that Miyamoto had always wanted was in the back of his mind was he's like, I want a dinosaur companion. Um, and that was like the first thing he was like, no, no, no dinosaur companion. Like make that, make that happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like, I mean, you, you can tell that just the, the, the team and the developers and Miyamoto himself were just like, they had too much ideas for the game. And that's such a good problem to have. Um, yeah. And it shows it's one of the most polished games of all time. I feel like, um, I mean, obviously not, no, nothing is perfect, but, um, yeah. So I have other segments in our discussion. I mean, do we really need to talk about cultural significance and gaming history? Like it, if, I mean, like we can, I mean, we kind of already have, we've mentioned it, we've weaved it kind of throughout, but like, yeah, it is one of the most important games. Is it a greatest? Who knows? We'll find out, but certainly well, one kind of, the most of important. like, yeah, one kind of cool cultural aspect of it is the like Kaizo world where it's like this is the game for there's a couple other games people will make Kaizo levels. If you're not familiar with Kaizo, they're like super hard hacks of games and you can do them for other games. So there's like Kaizo Pokemon or whatever, but the word Kaizo is almost synonymous with Super Mario World Kaizo. And there's like this huge world of people who play these insanely hard hacks that are based on this game they use the mechanics they use the assets from this game and just make the hardest fucking level they can and i think that's another impact that it's had is like that world that's built out of people who love this game so much that they want to explore the limits of what you can do with it well i think the other the other thing like when you want to touch on like kaizo mario it is mm-hmm. like the response from Nintendo wasn't like, hey, we got to shut this down. They made Super Mario Maker because there was, yeah. just a, you know, like there was enough of a demand for ROM hacks where it was like, hey, we could just make a game out of this. Yep. Um, cool. Um, any other thoughts before we get to the final judgment? Um, do you have a favorite? Do, do you have a favorite version of Super Mario World? Because it has had multiple releases. I uh, don't. Whichever one was the one was a kid, and then the <laughs> emulator one I just played. So those are the only. <laughs> Figgy's favorite is whichever one has safe states. Whichever one lets me <laughs> lets him cheat. Yep, that's true. Whichever one I can cheat, and also cheat with the least amount of work. Like I don't know how to hack. I just <laughs> whichever one. I'm, I'm a cheater about cheating. I want the cheats for the cheats. Like I, um, I love that you're leaning into it now. Yeah, no, I, it's my it's my identity. Is um, I'm bad at games and i work around it i'm i'm work hard and work smarter not harder that's the that's what i'm leaning into baby
Okay, let's talk about let's 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 cast the judgment. <laughs> let's make it let's determine. So um we brought up again behind the scenes that the person who does the elevator pitch should start because it's usually the elevator pitch is gonna be by someone who likes the game and so you know there's a least amount of tension there. Um so Zach, take us away. Do you think this is a goat? And if not, why or why not? So hundred percent this is a goat. And I'm going to add on to it. I think it is the best Mario game full stop. Wow. That's a hot. I mean, not hot like isn't bad. But that's it's not, it's not like a, a it's not like a scorching hot take. Yeah, I, I, like, I feel still... like if you sit down and you're like, what are what are the best Mario games? You're going to be Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, um, Super Mario Galaxy or Super Mario 64. Yeah, or the original just for precedent. But yeah. I don't think anybody like. I mean, I imagine there's somebody who's like, yeah, the original is my favorite. But I feel like when you discuss like the franchise as a whole, um, there's going to be that person that's like, well, you gotta, you can't discount what the original did. But I don't think if you're ranking the games, I would be surprised if anybody put the original at the top. Yeah, as they are now. I want to shout out my boy Mario Sunshine, but I think I'm the only yes! person on that bandwagon. Yes, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Go off, Queen! <laughs> <laughs> we need to do that one because it's, we're going to be very divided if we do Super Mario. I don't. I honestly like. I I enjoyed Sunshine. It's just it. You know, it was just like Super Mario sixty four was a hard act to follow. But I I I, I do think. I do think Sunshine's a great game. Like it would be easier for me to list Mario games I don't like than ones that I yeah. absolutely love. Exactly true. Yeah. Um. All right. That's one goat. Um, tiny time for the. I'm making this my canon. I mean, you like? Did you see how much work I put into that that elevator pitch? Like, I only it shared beautiful. it. With, I only shared it with Figgy because I was just like, "Hey, just is this is this too much?" And he's like, no. "It was beautiful." He's like, "This is great." And then I rehearsed it with my girlfriend, and she goes, "I, I, I really want to go play Super Mario World." <laughs> <laughs> I wish you talked about me this way. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah, and that's kind of. I think that's why we the elevator pitch person should go first because it's more or less like they've said their piece up front, you know. Um, so, so now comes my the my way of choosing who goes next, um, which I guess I'm just going to make like part of the thing is any meeny miny mo. So any meeny miny mo, if he hollers, let him go. Any meeny miny mo, rat. Um, I'm just going to come right out with it. The game's a goat. Yep. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It was incredibly frustrating at times, but for the most part, it felt fair. It felt like a solid, solid game mechanic wise. It was beautiful. I would even say that the artwork looked like it was ahead of its time compared to a lot of other games that came out even a couple years in front of it. The, the art was just so solid. Um, it was, I mean, obviously it's Mario. He's, he's, he's a staple. Uh, it was, I, it, it's a go, it's a go. Especially I played a couple other platformers, um, in the, within the decade around that. Um, and none of them felt as solid and as good as Super Mario World did. Um, like mm-hmm. it just, it had its shit together. It knew what it was doing and it did it very, very well. And it still holds up because I had a lot of fun playing it. What? 30 years later. Um, whenever that came out, 20, 30 years. Um, is, years if you want to get technical, 
in a month it will be the 31st anniversary oh oh that was intentional then that's yep that's why we did this episode planned ahead of time yeah you have to watch for that too right a month later uh, yeah, no, exactly. I just coming I, uh, out on the on the anniversary. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out, and we're going to release this episode <laughs> on the anniversary. I uh, planned ahead of time, and so I'm just that. In- the original <laughs> release was November 21st, 1990. So that would make it what the 32nd anniversary. There we go. There we wow. go. Yeah, I I think it is well deserving <laughs> of of its title, and you know, even among all the other Mario's, I think this one stands at the top. And you know, you can. If we, you know, and we're, if we're talking about its genre of the 2D side scroll, because Mario moves into a bit of a different world later on as technology advanced. So in, in the, the realm of what this kind of game is, it's, it's right there at the top of it. Um, I think it's, it's fantastic. It's solid and it absolutely deserves the title of a goat. Hell yeah. I'm honestly, honestly surprised because I watched, you know, I watched Q stream it. I was like, and- I- fall apart i watched the uh the royal castle <laughs> meltdown of 2022 and i thought oh yeah. man he's gonna turn on this game real Listen, quick i was <laughs> i was viciously and violently pissed off at this game i was mad but i have to give it its fair shake and it as much as i hate it <laughs> i mean i don't i don't particularly like platformers i think they're extremely frustrating but they're addicting and that's the problem with ruining them. the youth um, of America. <laughs> although this game was a little bit more fun than some of the other ones that I played. But yeah, no, I, I did not have a good time sometimes playing this game. But. Uh... OK, yeah. And the thing is, if you go watch that clip of Q losing his mind, I feel like I can say this about Q. Um, He is not I feel like he doesn't get tilted very easy. He plays. Q is known to play extremely frustrating, toxic games, and he does not lose his cool. I've never seen him melt down like what I saw. Like that was- I mean, he beat all of God of War with his bare hands. Yeah, exactly. So. And he plays like Le- he used to play League of Legends. He used to play Overwatch. He plays Dead by Daylight. He plays games that are, that are known for like toxic, horrible, difficult games. And like, and I've never seen him do what he did yes. that day. No game has ruined me like Mario Roy, Roy Koopa's Castle. <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> um, okay, who's uh, so that was just Zach and Rat so far, right? So us us three. Mm-hmm. All right, eeny meeny miny mo, catch a tiger by his toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny meeny miny mo, Steve. Uh yeah, I think this is definitely a go. Um, this is probably my favorite 2D Mario game. I haven't played three, so that you know, I, I know that's kind of like a, a heavy hitter. But as of right now, this is definitely my favorite 2D Mario game. Um, I think, you know, the graphics are great. The sound is great. The controls are crisp. Um, it's everything you would want from a 2D platformer. I think it still holds up to this day as being one of the best i've played a lot of 2d platformers and i still think this is up there in terms of level quality and control and um controls and you know everything i just mentioned um i also think the cultural impact on this game immeasurable yeah exactly you know everything like what i just said the the graphics the you know the sound everything it's it's something you see a lot and i think just from what um 
you know, the inspiration um, that you see from games in the future, um, you know, what, what they took from, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say Super Mario World ran so future 2D platformers could walk. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's, that's really good. That would yeah, that, that would go I, on I like a box, like of a, of a game. Yeah, I, I think most two D platformers are just like, you know, they looked at like Mario World and it's like, all right, is it measurable to this at least? You're <laughs> not wrong. I mean, it set the standard on high yeah, quality. That, that's a good way to say it. They yeah. set the standard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think it's a goat. It's you know, it, it's probably in the conversation for most people's top five two D platformers of all time. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, it, it's a goat. Excellent. All right, me. I'm gonna eeny meeny my email. I'm not gonna go last every time. Uh, I was to, always doing that to be polite, but I don't know, it's not necessary. So I'm gonna eeny meeny my mo between me and Rob. Eeny meeny my mo. Catch a tiger by his toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny meeny my mo. Okay. Well, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scam. It's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also absolutely think this game is a goat. I um, I don't approach this game with any nostalgia goggles because I mm. didn't play it as a kid. I honestly, like, I didn't even like 2D platformers as a kid. It wasn't until later in my life that I got into them. And I've spent years playing games that stood on the shoulders of this game for inspiration. And it is still better than a, the vast majority of them. It's so much fun. It's it's hard. There are were times I died like over a hundred times in a stream, but I never stopped having fun, even when I was mm-hmm. getting the shit kicked out of me. Um, it was a blast the whole time. It's so fun. It's so creative and beautiful. Um, yeah, I love this game. It's absolutely a goat. Hell yeah. Um, okay, I'll go. Yeah, it's I, I it's a goat. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna. We're all just kind of saying a similar thing oh over and God, over again. Unanimous. I'm, and unanimous goat. The the a sen, a senate supermajority of the goat games crew. That's uh, a five star goat right exactly. there. The, we're each a star. We're each a star. It's the first unanimous since Elden Ring, and we didn't have Steve for that. Yeah, say, exactly. like, this is the fir- this yeah. is the first unanimous uh, with all five, right? Exactly, it is. Yep. yep. Um, and so, I mean, I'm just going to restate the same thing everyone else is, and uh, if. If su- if the original Super Mario and NES introduced the world to a genre, this one defined the genre, um, yeah. and yeah, and every other game is living in its every other two D platformer is living in its shadow. Um, like we've all kind of said, like it still stands up as one of the, if not the best, to some people's you know reckoning, two uh, D platformer of all time. Um, and it's just joy. It's just like joy and fun and like distilled into 16 bits. It's, um, like not only just, is it fun because of like the, yeah, because of the way it handles and because like it's, yeah, it's setting precedence for game handling and mechanics and 2d platforming, but like they'd never let that get in the way of just like, it needs to be joyful shit. That was I'm going to restate that because I bumped, I bumped my thing. <laughs> it needs to be joyful first. It needs to be fun first. It need the people want to, people need to want to lose themselves in this world, in this game, and without even a story, without even real like appreciable characters. You're still lost in that world. You're still lost in this. This like, you wish the world was this colorful. You wish the world was this joyful. You wish the music. You wish your life sounded like this. You know, like I said, it doesn't sound like the real world. 
but it sounds like what this world should. And then that, and that design philosophy is everywhere. Um, it's a goat. It's, it's, it would be dumb to say otherwise. <laughs> if you're like, I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, no, this game sucks. No, I'm going to tell you why, but like, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> so fu- funny enough, I was like, let me see what the arguments are for, you know, this being overrated. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to like single anybody out, but, uh, and I'm not going to read anything verbatim, but I've read like three opinions on why it's overrated and yeah. they all, look at it through a modern lens and basically it boils down to 2d platformers have come a long way since super mario world hence mario yeah. world's overrated like that's not how that works sorry first of but. all it's a that's dumb not taking historical context yeah. into into account and if they were here i would argue that 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 they're still wrong i would argue that this is not just like a relic um it's like I, I felt nothing except for maybe something like, you know, Steve kind of hinted at like, you know, they could have done a, maybe a little bit better signposting, maybe for some of the secrets. But like there's no- that was a minor complaint. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, it still holds. And up. even then, like it's like that that's a design choice. And like it's not as it's not as um, uh, intrusive as like, you know, like like and I brought up old school Zelda is when you play old the first Zelda, it, mm-hmm. you do kind of feel like, OK, this is like, you know, there's but. <laughs> that wasn't here. I would argue that those people are wrong. I would argue that, I mean, I like platformers. I've played, you know, Metroidvanias and platformers. There's other games that probably get close to this level of quality. I'm a big fan. I like Shovel Knight. Shout out if you like if you like 2D platformers. Shovel Knight's really great. Super Meat Boy's great. But, like, they, this game would easily, Celeste is, people love that game. Uh, this game would easily stand with them. I not like, If it came out today, which it couldn't because so many games need this game to have existed <laughs> but like say somehow those games existed and this game came out today it would people would be raving about it still i i yeah i i'll, I'll fight those detractors bring them to me and i'll take them down each one <laughs> like um well it's kind of funny because i feel like the new super mario games which are like the successor to this aren't as well received yeah i, think, I mean probably well, even the though the first one i think it, like i remember i was working um at gamestop when um, like new super mario hit and i want to say like the first new super mario bros hit you know it hit on ds and it was really well received it, it's i just, enjoyed it yeah. like yeah. nintendo just ended up like outstaying its welcome because yeah. they just yeah, they were they were true. pumping them out constantly they should mm-hmm. exactly they should have let that one which that from my understand was really well received and I personally really enjoyed it. They should have just let that one sit. I liked it. The only issue was it was DS, but it was still good. Yeah. Oh, I played it on Wii. Are we talking about the same one? Yeah. The new it, Super it Mario start, Bros. It, new Super Mario Bros started out on DS and then eventually moved to um oh, the okay. Wii. I think there was a 3DS entry um and the Wii U. Yeah, even the Wii one was like okay cuz that one like introduced multiplayer, which is I guess something else we never talked about, which I guess we probably should have was the multiplayer. Oh, I yeah, never played this game multiplayer, and I'm like, I didn't have friends as a kid of, of Super Mario. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's kind of cool switching off between Mario and Luigi. You know, if, if you had a brother to play with, um, that was a super cool way to do it because it's just like you're playing the game, you're just kind of taking turns. Thank you um, for mentioning you that, know, Steve. Unlocking the world and everything. Thank you for mentioning that because we literally did not even mention it. I forgot it had. I know. It was you know what? It was always something I wanted to mention too, and I totally forgot. I totally forgot. But yeah, I mean, that's another aspect. You know. I almost, like, you know, I was playing this, and I was almost, like, halfway through, like, oh, man, I should have, like, asked, I don't know, Figgy or something. Like, hey, you want to do, like, a collab stream? Oh, that would have been great. 
It's not too late. That would have been a great idea, but I never thought of it. (laughs) It's not too late. We have to go back. By the time I thought of it, it was too late. We have to go back to the island, Kate. We have to do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess I guess a future Super Nintendo game, maybe maybe we'll do something. Somebody, ooh, just you know, stay do tuned. it to promote the podcast when the episode comes out. Yeah, yeah, we can. Oh yeah, yeah. we can just be like, it fuck be it, for a short we're doing it again. There we go. Yeah, we're gonna edit that out so that people don't. No, you know what? We're not gonna edit out. We're gonna advertise it. That's the that's how you do things. What we need to do is we need to find a sixth person, and then we do teams, and whoever ooh. beats the game mm-hmm. first, our safe states allowed. Biggie's <laughs> <laughs> time to shine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's a goat. We got it. We got got it in one goat all the way. Um. Uh, okay. So again, it's we a goat. did it. We did it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We found we the goat that. game. That's the end of the podcast. Yep. And you know what? <laughs> Everyone can rest easy now. Miyamoto can finally sleep. He can finally rest. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was really worried about this. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, That's okay. good. So, um, again, my name is um, Alan Newton. Um, you can follow me at uh, twitch.tv backslash figgy underscore O. I have a Twitter, ostensibly, under the same name, figgy underscore O. Um, I'm joined today by uh, Q. Yeah, I'm Rat. Q. Uh, Every time, man. I You're go by ready. Rap Raid. <laughs> You can find me on uh, streaming on Twitch at rat underscore parade and uh, catch me playing either uh, one of these one of these games we're talking about or probably just GTA roleplay, which is my main bread and butter. I'm addicted. We need to do a GTA five episode so you can use your powers. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Your superpowers. Uh (laughs) Um, And next up, we have Steve. Yep, uh, my name's Steve, Steve for Cheese on Twitch. Um, you can come check me out. I'm going to be streaming uh, Bioshock as well as some other spooky games for October, but by the time this episode is out, you will already <laughs> miss it. <true>. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what we'll be watch doing the in November by, by then. But yeah, yeah, go watch the VODs or something. And I don't know, but yeah. um and next up we have super captain rob yeah i'm uh rob super captain rob on twitch that's all one word uh same on twitter Uh, if you want to catch that sexy patrick star cosplay that will be happening in november so hopefully the podcast should be out by then if you want to follow me it'll be a lot of fun it'll be on one of our saturday streams Uh, but we do a lot of fun stuff i'm also i think i also I probably already said I'm on Twitter at the same name. But, yeah, if you want to come hang out, we would love to see you. Excellent. And then Zach. Uh, Zach from Zach Attacks Games. I have been streaming, so if you want uh, to just come hang out, we have a pretty chill vibe. Steve's holding up a uh, picture that he drew of me that's a very good likeness that you don't get to see at home. <laughs> Perfect depiction. But, uh, <clears throat> but it is spot on. Um, but if you just want to c- come hang out, play some retro games, I'm not sure what I'm going to stream next. Um, I might finish Super Mario World. I don't know yet. But, uh, you know, if you want to hang out at Zach Attacks Games on Twitch, that's C-A-C-H. There's links for socials like Instagram and Twitter that you can find there. Um, If you want to, you know, for whatever reason, you want to see me tweet at vinyl uh, distributors on Twitter when I'm like, hey, when's this going to drop? Nice. Hell yeah. Um, okay, and and uh, yeah, so the game we have um, socials here as well. You can find a uh, we have a Twitter at, at Goat 
Games Pod, all one word. Um, common spelling of goat games and pod, um, not P A W D. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can find us there. Um, we have an email. We would love to hear from you listeners um, at goatgamespodcast at gmail.com. Goatgamespodcast at gmail.com. Um, send us questions if you'd like us to answer them or talk about them or your thoughts on these games that we have previously covered or are about to cover. Uh, we just want to hear from you and would love to get some, uh, love to not be alone. Um, did and you, y'all, did you, did you plug the Twitter? I did. I said at Go Games Pod. Okay. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we are We're not good at that paying attention and um, I'm going to put a bumper at the beginning of the episode, but we are produced, um, in, uh, association with the network, um, and podcast and the podcast precinct. It's a wonderful podcasting network where you can find other great shows besides ours. You can check us and other great shows out at the website B as in bacon. I as in the letter I C as in, um, Charles Xavier, uh, B as in uh, balloon and P as in um, proprietary B I C B P dash radio backslash podcasts. Um, we'll be again. We'll be coming out again uh, next month. Um, we're, we're, we've made talks about trying to come out more frequently, but we, you know, so be on the lookout for that. But right now, it's still monthly. Um, we'll be playing Bioshock next time, the original one. Um, so. Check us out and listen to that one. Would you kindly hit that subscribe button? Ooh, nice tie-in, Zach. Yes, yes. Uh, please like and subscribe and follow on whatever your podcast app of choice is uh, to catch new episodes. And um, also, if you feel so inclined, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. And if you didn't like the show, please also leave a review but lie. It's for a good cause. Um, Okay, till next time, everybody. GG's. Does anyone else have Zach's camo missing for them? Yeah, yeah it's, it's he not, said fuck it. He yeah, up. he already said he already said fuck you guys is what he said. I believe was the exact oh, wording okay. of his message. All right, I got you. <laughs> I didn't know. If it I was can't me get it. So it, it it gets testy with uh, Discord. So we do miss your beautiful face, but I'm wearing a blue yeah. shirt and I believe my hair is slower. Like, it's talk slower. <laughs> I'm gonna draw Zach. I'm unbuttoning my. I'm wearing a blue Henley tee, and I'm unbuttoning the top buttons for you. <laughs> I'm buttoning the top button of my t-shirt, <laughs> mm, and I've tied my hair back into a ponytail. You know, just to, oh, beautiful to really nail that dime store romance look. I think Zach, if you uh, if you if the podcasting game doesn't work out, maybe with a little bit of training, you could do like uh, audiobooks. Maybe. Um, I, <laughs> Ooh, um, have you thought about erotica? Absolutely, <laughs> every day. Oh yeah, man. Send me, send me every some day. copies. I'll, I'll edit them All for you. About. I'll review them. Charlie's throb. No, no, no. Maybe let's let's start with slash fiction. Okay, we'll get to some Sonic stuff, and then we gotta, we'll work we gotta into build the up official to that, right. novels. Yeah, I like that we're coming yeah. in hot.